0: Here we go. Broadcasting live from NBC Sports Studios in the heart of the Wells Fargo Center. Welcome to 4th and John, episode 96. Super Bowl or bust. Perhaps you've heard it. Super Bowl or bust. Perhaps you've seen it on the timeline. Super Bowl or bust. I know you've heard about it on Sports Talk Radio. Super Bowl or bust. That was a question that was presented to me this week. Super Bowl or bust, is that a fair expectation to put on this 2019 Philadelphia Eagles team? And if it is a fair expectation to put on this team, is anything short of that a failure? And if it's not an expectation that you should put on this team, what would you define as success for this Eagles team? It had me thinking. Honestly, I don't know the answer to that, so I'm going to try to talk it through. Because winning a Super Bowl, listen, I know a lot of people don't like to admit it. I know a lot of people don't like to say it, but I'm going to go ahead and say it. Winning the Super Bowl changed me as a fan. Did it change my passion as a fan? Absolutely not. Did it change my desire for the Eagles to win a, another Super Bowl? Positively, no. Did it make me a little less ornery? Yeah, absolutely. But I, I am now, it's almost like it's BSB. And ASB, before Super Bowl and after Super Bowl. Mm. And the before Super Bowl side of me said, no, listen, that is an unfair expectation to put on this Philadelphia Eagles team. After all, isn't that one of the reasons why this Eagles team kind of underperformed last year? Isn't that the, the, the absolute definition of a Super Bowl hangover? All that pressure, all that expectation that you psych yourself out, you fall a little short. Dougie P is doing breast, uh, 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 press tours. <laughs> Uh, You know, Carson Wentz is is pushing too hard, everything like that. Isn't that part of the reason? And then part of me goes, you know what? One of the benefits of being an Eagles fan post-winning a Super Bowl, ASB, is knowing what a championship team looks like. Now, I'll admit, last year at this time, I was pounding the table and saying there was nothing above the repeat, and how can this Philadelphia Eagles team that won the Super Bowl be better and us not to expect them to repeat? But as, you know, as I look at it, as I sort of digest this roster and I have those green colored lenses on and I take them off and I put them back on and I take them off and I put them back on and I look up and down this roster, regardless of whether we won the Super Bowl or not, now we can see what a championship looks like. Regardless of whether I'm a homer or not, now we know what a championship team looks like. And guys, I got to tell you, this looks, feels, tastes everything like a Super Bowl winning team. I'm going to ask you that question in a second, Mr. Gail Saunders, but I want to toss it over to you and say it's good to see you. I was a little worried about you out there. For those of you who don't who don't know, we're at the, we're in the Wells Fargo Center, and tonight is an Iron Maiden concert. Gail was running about 30 minutes late, and we were starting to worry about you, man. We, car we didn't know accident on 95. We bro. didn't know whether you made it through the parking lot. Okay? I did.
2: It's crazy out there. Uh, you know, the Rock fans are crazy. I, I, I thought everyone was going to be at the Iron Maiden. Those con- are my concert. people.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, we can tell. We can definitely tell.
2: But the uh, you know, think about the, this team, I mean, every year they expect to go to the Super Bowl. Sometimes it's that's a cliche statement that football teams have, we're going to win the championship. But after we saw what happened two years ago, the expectations are high. Mm. And they're, and they're, they're real. Uh, I mean, this there, is a quote right here treat a man as he is and he will remain as he is treat a man as he can and should be and he will become as he can and should be at the end of the day this team you know they look each each other in the eyes they know what a football team a championship football team looks like Mm -hmm. they've been through it you added these extra pieces and and i think with the chemistry and and it comes together like a, a nice puzzle we could be seeing some real nice things, and I've been saying it all off season. I'm not, I'm not afraid to, to to speak on what I see. Yeah, it's just a it's a matter of chemistry. It's a matter of these guys gelling on the football field.
0: So let me ask you that because during the intro, I was trying to talk my way through it because mm-hmm. because I, I don't know the answer. Is it a fair expectation? So for you, is it Super Bowl or but? I mean, in other words, if they don't go to the Super Bowl, if they don't win the Super Bowl, do you deem this upcoming season as a failure? We're stepping stone towards the right direction, getting back to where they used to be. It's, it's a failure.
2: Wow. It is a failure. I mean, if you look at the, the New, England, New England Patriots, you think they wake up at, season after season, they don't expect to go to the Super Bowl? It's expected. Like, if you, if you talk to a, a Patriots fan, mm. they expect let's it. Let's
0: not ever be Patriots fans, by the way. I, let's, bro, let's not ever get but, but spoiled. You, or, it's, or. It's, it's,
2: it's a matter of, like, you know, they, they expect to go every year. Why not us? I like it. Yeah,
0: I like Gail's line of thinking. That might be the right answer right there. You might, you might have I, talked me into Super Bowl of Bus, Hollywood Hearn. Yes. First and foremost, we got to talk about your wardrobe here on this podcast. Uh, what's there like, to talk listen, about? Listen, there's I, an Iron Maiden concert yeah, going yeah, on. I know tonight. there's an Iron Maiden concert. I thought we made progress last yeah. week. I thought we were headed in the right direction.
1: Man, are you a fool? <laughs>
0: <laughs> How you doing tonight, bud? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I just want to
1: say to you guys, like. Don't knock it till you try it. Let's step in to the Wells Fargo Center after this. Maybe we might get a new playlist for the upcoming season. Who okay. knows?
0: You might For the like tailgates? It. For the tailgates. Oh, no, I've seen enough of those tailgates. Yeah? Yeah, it was. I it think w- we can make
1: them more rowdy. I really do. Our tailgates? Yeah. I think all we got to do is chat chal- a little challenge bit. Challenge
0: of... accepted, but I tell you what, you can't walk through F1 through the fog of smoke <laughs> <laughs> that was walking through an Iron Maiden tailgate. Good Lord. So, hey, your thoughts, okay. On Super the Super Bowl, Bowl or bust. Or bust. Fair expectation, unfair expectation. Is that shooting too high? And if they don't get to the Super Bowl, do you deem this season as a failure? Well, while before, while you were
1: talking and while we were doing show prep, I had a thought in my mind, and it was that it, it ultimately depends on what the final game comes down to. getting to the Super Bowl or bust is is ultimately the goal. Whether or not we win the Super Bowl, I'm not sure yet at this point in July if I can say if the season's going to be a failure. If you make it to the Super Bowl and we lose in a good game, it's hard to say it's failure. After hearing Gale speak, however, yeah. he's kind of – those were motivational words, man. When you, when you bring up the Patriots and you think about just the, the mentality that they have and like that you need to wake up with that hungry mindset of you need to win the Super Bowl. It's not just about getting to the game. It's about winning the game. Mm. It's about Lombardi's. It's mm. about counting trophies. So, I mean, yeah, Super Bowl or bust, man.
0: Don't you get the sense that, that, especially I know training camp is like five days old already, but don't you get the sense that this is a almost refocused team? I think so. A re-energized team?
2: I, I do. I, I, and then when you, when you think about the statement that Doug had last year mm-hmm. about the, 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 his opening statement, the, the new norm, mm-hmm.
0: it came off a little cheesy. I agree. The well, new, the new, it, like, Did it we was, get corny in the off season? Did we get <laughs> Super Bowl corny? Well, we were smelling ourselves a little the bit. The new bit. norm. <laughs> I can <laughs> smell you.
2: <laughs> the new norm is kind of like internally you just embrace. Like it, I don't need for you to tell me that. It's just something you should embrace as a football player, a championship b- football player moving forward. But, you know, I, I just didn't buy it. Like, I, I, you know, I, I wasn't sold on the new norm.
0: You, didn't, you, didn't, you, didn't, you weren't sold on embrace the target? Did we come up with a catchphrase? Did Dougie P come out with a cr- catchphrase for this training camp? It's about the, 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 <sighs> the,
2: the little things. Something about the little things, right? Doing, like the li- doing the little things. But that's important. That's
0: yeah. what you, you got to focus on. That's what builds a championship team. That's what builds said New England Patriots, situational football, doing all the little things right to get you back into the Super Bowl. That should be the focus. Speaking of focus, here, here was the next topic that I had for you guys. Because we're talking about focus right now. Mm -hmm. And everybody is focusing on the health of Carson Wentz. And to be honest with you, I'm sick of talking about it. I feel like I've been talking about Carson Wentz's health since the end of last year. Whether it be because, whether you keep Foles, whether you keep Wentz, is Wentz injury prone, i got to defend the guy, what about this, and then the contract, did they do it too soon. I'm sick of talking about Carson Wentz's health because I feel like it's focusing on really the wrong thing when trying to achieve said Super Bowl or bust, Mm
1: -hmm. right? I'll do you one better. Do you remember, it goes back even further than the whole Foles versus Wentz thing, do you remember when the Pope was coming to town and we were asking the Pope to bless Sam Bradford's knees? I feel feel like this, uh, going into training camp, worrying about players' injuries is something that's as old as time right now, and it's something that we worry about every year, And it's ultimately something that we're not going to be able to control at this point in the calendar. And I think it's us just getting anxious and ready for the season and looking for – something to talk
0: about. That could be true, but I but I also when you when you hear on sports talk radio or you hear on Good Morning Football and every time they talk about the Philadelphia Eagles, what's the biggest factor for the Philadelphia Eagles? Can the Philadelphia Eagles return the glory? Can they go through to the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. The, the first words out of their mouth were, if Carson Wentz stays healthy. It's like a broken record. It's like a parrot. <laughs> Carson Wentz stays healthy. I'm sick of talking about it. Yeah. So here's my question to you guys, and I'm going to give it to, I'm going to answer it as well. Give me the top 3 factors to the Eagles returning to the Super Bowl Carson Wentz's health aside
2: I'll give you one I, I t- I, it's chemistry team chemistry is everything I, I'll go back to a, a, a caller on on a sports radio last year talking about their their daughter was a babysitter for the Eagle one of the Eagles players and she said that like 16 of the players would come over all the time and hang out and that chemistry and that bond was so strong that it was she couldn't believe that they got along mm-hmm. a- and that chemistry I think really made this team gel together. And I think, you know, you recently talked about uh, Deshaun Jackson talked about having that bond with Carson Wentz, and then it's, it's showing up on the field. Spending that time with one another really is the biggest difference maker. You know, you could have all the talent in the world, but the
1: character really brings the team together.
0: Interesting. And Evan, give me um, a reason. I, I believe uh, – Give me a factor.
1: A factor that is going to be uh, us making another Super Bowl run is going to be finding out what's going to be going on with these cornerbacks going into the season. Mm. We're going to we're going to need to seal the outside. We don't know what's going to be happening right now as far as who's going to be starting Week One, and um, the way that this defense is built, um, we're going to need we're, we're going to have we're anticipating having a high octane offense. However, there's potentially going to be a lot of points scored on our end as well or scored against us as well. So we're going to have to keep up. Speaking of speaking back. of the
0: defensive backfield, how do you feel about 32 year old former Dallas Cowboy mm. Orlando Scandrick coming to town wearing Eagles green? Now? It's kind of that weird. to weird. I mean, even mm.
2: uh, Demarcus Ware was at uh, Eagles practice today. Yeah, it's kind of there's too many Cowboys yeah. lurking around.
0: I, I I I don't I don't like it whatsoever. First of all, Orlando, 32 years old. All right, we already got slow corners on this team. Yeah, one of which is named Jalen Mills. One of which coming back from injury. Yeah. You know what I mean? So at thir- his best days are behind them, and even at his best days, the Sean Jackson was burning them. Like, like Orlando Scandrick on this roster, a roster filled with youth. Remember we were talking last week about guys with starting experience all on cheap or rookie deals. Now all of a sudden you bring Orlando Scandrick. Is he just a camp body to hold the place of Cravon until he gets back and out of that walking boot?
2: I think that injury to Cravon is a little bit uh, – they're, they're probably a little bit more concerned with that injury. Um, but I think the biggest reason for Skandrick signing, which, which he said, is his relationship with Deshaun Jackson. Uh, that was the biggest reason for him signing with us. But I think you you got a guy with you know tons of games under his belt. He, he stepped in right away at the second nickel spot. So obviously you, got, you have a guy with, uh, you know, he, he's been there and done that. But he's a, he's a camp body for now that's in
1: there to compete. Well, you have three guys. You have, it's you have a, it's Darby. It's another veteran in the locker room amongst a bunch of young players. So, I, I mean, don't want am talking to my players. Yeah. I mean, that's the weird part.
0: That, yeah. is, the, that is the weird Cowboys part. Cowboys tend to corrupt. You know, I got DeMarco Murray syndrome with him so bad because even when they signed the Marco and you see him in the pads and you see him in Eagles green, you see the wings on the helmet, I'm like, yeah. I can still see that star. You're not fooling mm-hmm. anybody.
2: Spent some time with uh, you know, the, it's, the Chiefs.
0: Yeah, but even still. I still As a starter. I still, I still, yeah, for one year. They yeah. don't miss him. They don't miss him at all. I still see that star, man. It's like, yeah. yo, you you know when we say, I don't want your money touching my money. Yeah, I don't want you talking to my players. Yeah, you're just here temporarily. I don't want you talking to my players.
2: When I saw where he was, he was showing Fletcher Cox some like some like defensive line moves. I'm like, please don't touch. Fletcher Cox. <laughs> Can you step away from the field, bruh. Like, anytime any Cowboys are around, I'm like, eh. Not feeling that.
0: Biggest, biggest factor for me, and again, it's easy to fall in love with all these offensive weapons and all the moves that they made, specifically geared towards the offense this off season. It's going to be c- come down to the defensive line for me. The pass rush. For the last two years, even during the Super Bowl year, there was a lot of instances of, mm, this close. They'll, they'll rack up the PFF Fugazi stats when it comes to pressures or You know, uh, chasing after the quarterback. I don't know what stats they come up with, but they're always like this close to getting there. I need the era of the double-digit sacker to come back. And I need it from somebody else besides one of our defensive tackles. I need our defensive ends to step up big time. Because one of the favors that the Eagles did for Jim Schwartz, besides signing Zach Brown and and, and bringing in Malik Jackson and stuff like that, was gearing up the offense. Because – Jim Schwartz's defense is designed to play with a lead, to pin their ears back, get after the quarterback, have a couple touchdown leads, and attack. There's no secret to this. It's an attacking-style defense. When they're playing from behind or trying to gain a lead, mm-hmm. lead all of a sudden you start seeing this stick stuff. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden you start <laughs> seeing safeties who don't know their role who are letting dudes in Tennessee Corey go right by them. Corey You're seeing these sort of prevent defenses. I don't like that at all. Mm-hmm. Jim Schwartz is more defense. Because you know he's not going to change the defense. He never has changed the defensive form. Yeah. And he's not going to start now. Yeah. Eagles fans, if you're thinking you're going to see more blitzes in 2019, spoiler alert, you're not. It's going to be the same defense. But hopefully, they're now playing with a lead and they can attack it. And it all starts with the defensive line. They have a symbiotic relationship with the defensive backfield. You don't have to worry about slow corners or, you know, necessarily playing man-to-man and jamming up the receivers if the quarterback's got, like, two seconds to throw the ball. And that's, that all starts mm-hmm. up front with yeah. the
2: defensive line. I think the defensive tackle group is pretty insane. Fletcher Cox, uh, you know, that interior pressure with Malik Jackson, mm-hmm. getting those one-on-one. If he can win those one-on-one battles... That's, that's where you win. I mean, Jernigan, a hungry Jernigan. Jernigan seems a little crazy this year.
1: Jernigan has he something to about. say about the offense He's as got well. something to prove.
0: Did you Did you hear what he said about the offense? What did he say? Go ahead, play that clip. It
1: was a good, man. And it surprised me today. today you know, that, that it surprised like first me today. Time, I'm like, okay,
2: y'all got us. That was luck, you know. But when they when they came and put that drive on us that second time, you know, that kind of
1: caught me off guard with that one. So, you know, it's going it's to be interesting, man. I can't wait to see it.
0: That boys look good, man. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, that boys look good, man.
2: But, but I think it, if you look at the off-season moves, you look at the draft, they definitely paid attention to the offensive side of the football. Uh, you know, I think it's imperative. Last year they started slow, one of the slowest starting football teams in the NFL. We ranked last and like second to last in the first quarter in getting points. Mm-hmm. I mean, they need to get explosive. They got Deshaun Jackson. They have a running back, uh, Miles Sanders, uh, who can create on his own. Jordan Howard. I mean, and and then the two tight end sets. I mean, you're you're talking about an explosive offense this season.
0: And and, and that was something, uh, another key factor of of mine was, look, uh, Doug Peterson needs to revisit this offense and make sure there's no tells. We spoke about it on the last podcast. Making sure there's no tells in the RPOs and start to increase the wrinkles into this offense. I mean, they're, they're closing down training camp. They are limiting access. My man Trox just told me he knows a guy. Listen, you can't <laughs> even shoot cell phone video during practice. You can well, do it during warm ups. If you attend training camp,
1: yeah. at make you put your phone compa- away?
0: they make you put your phone away, man. What? They he don't just... want nothing taped. They don't want nothing known. They only have one open practice. They're being like Doug's got something up his sleeve. Yo. <laughs> I'm
2: going to give me those glasses with the cameras in it, built in. Yeah, the Google Glass. There, you know? there,
0: it wouldn't doubt me. I, I wouldn't doubt whatsoever if there's like snipers positioned at Probably. the top of the complex, just in case there's a drone flying. Yeah, Harry
1: Roseman sitting there with the walkie-talkie. <laughs> take
0: the shot. Take the shot. Take the shot. <laughs> take the. Shoot it down. Shoot it down. So, so kind of revamping the offense because it would be criminal to just go in there and not use Dallas Goddard. It would be criminal to go in there and not run the ball with Jordan Howard. Mm-hmm. It'd be criminal not to use Darren Sproles the way he's capable of being used. So they've got to mix it up, and I, and I don't even make, mean mix it up a little. They've got to mix it up a lot because the defenses have been watching, defensive coordinators have been watching film on them. Yeah. The book's not out on you, Re, but you've got to rewrite a couple chapters. There's no doubt in my mind you've got to do that.
2: I think that two tight end set will, if they, if they take advantage of that, I think right now they've been saying they've been using that, that package a lot. So I feel like if they get that going, that'll be a new wrinkle that teams haven't. Seeing too much from us, I mean we, we've run it too two tight end sets but we didn't r- run it to its full capability, but like speaking on uh, another point, like talking about all these different weapons getting involved for this team to be successful, I think the the egos you know like mm. these these players have to come together mm. and, and like it 's not about what your numbers right now, it's about making Super Bowl run and getting to the Super Bowl like a guy like a young Deshaun might want those catches, make those splash plays uh, you know. Alshon, you know, like you heard little whispers last year, and when you hear those little whispers, mm. you, you, you wonder what's going on yeah. in the locker room. So I feel like, as a team, uh, and especially with all these weapons, everyone's going to want to eat. Mm. You know.
0: Also, another factor of me for, for me is taking a look at the schedule. First of all, I love the Eagles' schedule this okay. year. I don't think we talked about it. Not, not yet. Yeah. So when the schedule comes out. I tend to look at it in a sequence of order. Number one, when's the home opener? Because obviously you got to plan for the party. All right, Home opener tailgate is always the, b- the biggest tailgate we throw annually. Number two, where's the bye week? The football gods were incredibly generous to us, giving us that, that bye week where it is. Mm-hmm. Number three, where's Dallas? I mean, that's just Dallas hate coming through. That's the way I was brainwashed. That's the way I'm bored and bred. to hate the Dallas Cowboys. So I got Dallas circled on the schedule. But something that really popped to me, was November because on October you go on a little bit of a game a road game stretch there. Mm -hmm. But November to me, regardless of season and regardless of opponent always sets up your playoff run. If you're behind in November, it's hard to catch up. The Eagles were behind in November last year. Mm-hmm. And it's just hard to claw and scratch. You have to rely and, on other teams. And now you've got to rely yeah. on other teams. Yeah. And now you're scoreboard watching because you didn't take care of your own business mm-hmm. in November. November, three home games against three gigantic teams. First of all, you got the Bears. Arguably, probably the winner to the NFC North next year, right? Chicago Bears. Good might see it. Yeah. So now we're Getting talking a lot of hype. Yeah, yeah, a lot of hype. So now we're talking about playoff seating. We're talking about playoff seating, and you get to play them at home. Then you bring on the New England Patriots, defending Super Bowl champion. That's going to be a big game. Carson Wentz is going to have a lot Could, to prove. could be
1: Tom Brady's last game at the Link.
0: Could be. Hopefully. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sick of talking about Carson Wentz's injuries. I'm especially <laughs> sick of talking about Tom Brady, man. That dude needs to retire. He's an umpire.
2: He's, he's probably like 75. Yeah. <laughs> you know?
0: yeah the uh 2033 preview show we're going to be talking about tom brady coming to town mm-hmm. and then you have the seahawks again a perennial playoff contender we're going to be talking about seating we're going to be talking about where the eagles rank as far as home field advantage first round by winning the division so november for me is going to be an absolute monster month and somewhere where if listen you can handle those road games in october that road game stretch and then you come home and you bang out three in November. Guess who you got in December? The Dolphins, the New York Giants twice, the Washington Redskins, and the Dallas Cowboys. I like that closeout. Yeah. Like, like, like think, think about, I can't wait for this show yeah. in November. There's going to be big games, and if they can run the table in November. I just want to roll on teams. Like last, that, that Super Bowl, like the
2: 2017 bro, and you, you, year, you saw yeah. them start rolling teams. Mm-hmm. Like that Denver the Denver yeah. Broncos game. Yeah. You know, they were getting ro- the, the, the 49ers. And they just, it's just the momentum
0: builded. But that's when you start to get hot. November's going to build your confidence, mm-hmm. December's going to close it out. And you are going to be piping hot going into the postseason. That's going to be a giant factor to the Eagles, once again, Super Bowl or bust, getting there and meeting expectations for this season.
1: You said that with confidence. You
0: said I like Super Bowl
2: it. or bust. Super
0: the Bowl whole, no, bust. No hesitation.
1: Now that I got this paper right in front of me, I honestly think we could win the last five games.
0: There's no reason why we can't. Yeah. And with these games being home in November, yeah. there's no reason why we can't win the last eight. Mmm.
1: <laughs> mmm.
0: Oh, man, football season is so close. <laughs> it is. Oh, it's so close. <laughs> I can taste it. Uh, the, the NFL Top 100 is probably a wrap for the Philadelphia Eagles. Fletcher Cox was named. Arguably, I think he's the best player on this team. Yeah. Uh, he came in at number, 20. number 28. Yeah. Wentz, to recap, the Philadelphia Eagles on the NFL Top 100. Wentz, 96. What are you going to do? Questionable. Kelsey, glad to see him on the list. He deserves to be there. Dudes a warriors, 72. Uh, Julie Ertz's husband came in at number 40, and Fletcher Cox at 28. What are your thoughts on that? Too high, too low?
2: Uh, too high. I think you can go down a little bit. A little bit. Yeah. I mean, th- that dude is, uh, like, I've been so, I've been high on Fletcher Cox since he was drafted. Mm. Like, I've I seen him, I, 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 he just, and I, I, I'm, like, geeking right now because, like, thinking about how I was thinking about him, mm-hmm. for him to, like, blossom like he did, he's even
1: better than I thought he was going to be. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah. Like he's he's but been he's still ju- even with all that he's still just the 28th best player in the league, do you? No, he should be. I mean, he should, should be higher. You higher. Should, say he should be higher. Oh, okay. List. Higher the list. Gotcha. You want me to geeky, you want me
0: to geek you out some more? Yeah. Okay. So I don't know why it's a surprise to me because because we watched that little clip on the top 100 of Fletcher Cox. Go ahead and play that first Alrighty. first little audio, courtesy of NFL Network.
1: I, I have I have you know a decent amount of children.
2: This is Mike Daniels.
1: You, you put yeah. your hands under your armpits and pick them up.
0: I don't know if Fletch has any kids, but a lot of those offensive linemen might confuse him for their dad. <laughs> now, I don't know why this comes as a surprise to me or why it took me so long to kind of realize this. Because when I watch a game, right, a lot of people just ball watch. All right, the quarterback's got the ball, who's mm-hmm. like, and they just follow the ball. When I, when I watch a game live or on television – It starts with the offensive line for me. So I watch the offensive line because that's going to tell whether it's a run play or a pass play, and then I take a micro-to-macro approach to it. So if it's a run play, then all of a sudden I kind of zoom my vision out and take a look at the running back and the linebackers. If it's a passing play, obviously the offensive line is moving backwards. Uh, I start to watch the pass rush, and if I feel like the quarterback is safe, then I start to look at all the routes. So again, a micro to macro, but mm-hmm. it all starts in the offensive defensive line. So you would think that I would know enough about Fletcher Cox or watch enough Fletcher Cox, not, not replays or breakdown film, just from watching the game to notice his moves. But on that NFL top 100, they were just focusing in on Fletcher, and they were looking at the moves and the bull rush. And then he gave somebody the club. And I said, oh, my God. That's Reggie's move. I'm gonna have you geeking out a little bit more because honestly, honest to goodness, I, I, I thought it and then I had to go back and look at Reggie White's highlights, career highlights. I was He's doing got the same Reggie thing. White. I was, I was <laughs> doing the did, same did, thing. Were you really? Yeah. Were you really? I was just about to talk about the club. Really? I, yeah, I just took a Dude, if, right of my if, if you if you take the one and replace it with a two and you put him in Kelly Green, you're gonna have a hard time telling those two apart. Now, granted, Reggie was the best defensive end, the most dominant defensive end, to ever play the game. There's no denying that. Mm-hmm. But in today's NFL, Reggie White playing defensive, he would be like a 4'3", pass-rushing, defensive tackle specialist. Yeah. You know what I mean? He would be in the position that Fletcher Cox is in. Because uh, uh, Reggie was 6'5", 300 pounds. Fletcher is 6'4", 3'10". They're almost like the same build. Mm-hmm. And just watching him on the top 100, just bum-rushing dudes and making offensive linemen look absolutely silly. Mm -hmm. Making them look silly. And then, for those of you watching on Facebook Live right now or listening to this podcast on iTunes, by the way, please subscribe, rate, do the thing. You know what to do. Go back and look at, A, that clip of the top 100 for Fletcher Cox. Then go back and YouTube Reggie White's highlights and tell me, That you aren't looking, listen, I'm not saying Fletcher Cox is Reggie White. You're kind of saying that. A little bit. It's eerily similar. (laughs) The moves are eerily similar. And it just dawned on me. I don't know why it took me so long to realize this, but man. Well, I mean, I think Fletcher Cox, uh,
2: I think the common denominator between Reggie White and Fletcher Cox is country strong.
0: Mm-hmm. That like, was it. Dude.
2: Like they have a, another. You know, people are strong in the gym, strong, but country strong. Mm-hmm. Like you, like got to push a tractor down the road, strong. Uh, yeah, I, I mean, and that, that's the one thing that's the difference um, with Fletcher Cox. I think he and he, he's he's fast. Like people don't realize how fast. Do ran, ran the last leg of his uh, high school track team. Like Damn. Fletcher Cox is fast too, and he's an athlete. And then that one move that they're talking about where. Or well, one of the many movies he has is wh- where he gets underneath the pads. Once he gets underneath the pads and he lifts you, like that's that's it's over. Game over. Like you're his baby. You know what I mean? And I, <laughs> I mean, and you're looking at looking at guys like Zach Martin. You know the Cowboys' uh-huh. guard pro guard, uh, David Castro, like from the Steelers. Like he's he's punking some real players. Man. And you know if you get him a one-on-one, it's over. You know that's why he's doubled. Half the time, and he's still making all this disruption.
0: And you blink, and the, and it's like the pocket collapses. Mm-hmm. And that's maybe why the Fletcher Cox like bull rush or the moves get lost because it happens literally like, oh, oh my god, what what the hell just happened? Because he's he's up underneath people, either that or he's up underneath and doing the rip down, mm-hmm. or to break out the Reggie White club, dude. I was I, my jaw dropped. Yeah, I couldn't believe what I was seeing.
2: I mean, if Aaron Donald was not alive, and you, he wasn't in the league. Fletcher Cox would be the, the guy that everyone talked about because he's that good. But Aaron Donald is just that good as well. So he just doesn't get as much. I mean, he's getting his pub now, I think. Yeah. The real, and, the
0: and real and ones, know. Yeah, Hall of Famer. When all said and done, Fletcher yeah. Cox will be a Hall of I think Famer. So. I, I think so. I think so. And
1: he's, he's, I will, still, I he's still I got to put in some years, but I think he will be by the end Fred of G. it.
0: Reggie White, we love you. God rest your soul. Yeah. Fletcher Cox is going to be the next most dominant defensive line in in Eagles history. And
2: I would get in the car and drive to Canton. Again,
0: absolutely, 100%. Speaking of, uh, you know, uh, may God rest his soul, and and something that I wanted to touch on real briefly and make a note of because it's worth noting because people noted it. Yesterday was the 10-year anniversary of Jim Johnson's passing. Hmm. And it's worth noting because 10 years is a long time. And I've never seen... Some uh, a coordinator for this team as revered as Jim Johnson. Think about that for a second. Think about that on the offensive side of the ball. You know, are we talking about Marty Morningweg? the same way we talk about Jim Johnson? Yeah. Are, are we talking about, I mean, John Gruden, you saw NFL throwback was tweeting out John Gruden trying to coach up uh, Randall Cunningham. But that, but that was just kind of like a, he, had a, he had a cup of coffee here. Yeah. I mean, he, he was gone. He was out to Oakland. It should have been John. But he, but he went out to Oakland. Defensive-wise, besides Buddy Ryan, who is still revered, he was the head coach. Do you know of any other coordinator that is still, 10 years after their passing, so beloved by a fan base? Yeah, it's He's, it's,
1: it, it's tough. tough. Jim
0: Johnson is the Eagles fans, with Dick LeBeau is the Steelers fans. That's the way I'll put it. Yeah,
1: I was going to say Dick LeBeau. Cool.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: I, w- I wasn't fortunate enough to meet Jim Johnson, but from the way people talk about him, he—it sounds as if he had this uh, sort of aura around him. When he like, you could just sense when he was in the room. Like mm. he commanded, he commanded the attention, and that's why he got the respect he did. I mean, just the way that he
2: brought pressure and the creative, the creativity of his defensive. Yeah, you know, it was like he knew how to bring that pressure. Like you know, even I remember Mike Vick was the you know the hot. The hot topic, you know, going to oh, the playoffs. Yeah. He he shut shut Michael the Michael Vick experience. He shut commercial that down. With the roller coaster. Shut that down. And I, I just think and beat him up. He's a guy that Eagle fans will he'll, he'll, will always love him. You know, he's beloved in, in the city, and, and, he, and he did it with his own style.
0: And he was he was especially intelligent at working the strengths of his players. If you think about Brian Dawkins,
1: he, Brian say.
0: Dawkins isn't in the Hall of Fame without Jim Johnson. Yeah. Brian Dawkins is not the guy who in the early 2000s revolutionized the safety position without Jim Johnson working almost the entire defense around him.
1: Yeah, and, and Brian Dawkins would be the first one to tell you that, and, yeah. he, and he has said it in the past before. Yeah.
0: But, he, but even Trot, Remember Trot. Like, like he, he would bring Trot on a blitz. Dude, I, I've got to ask Trot sometime because if he figured out your snap count, and Jim Johnson knows that Trot figured out your snap count, You ever remember when he used to, like, be in the middle and then right before the ball was snapped, dude, he would bum rush that off. He would almost Troy Palomalo before yeah, Tro- it, Troy did that. He so. got blitz. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. Yeah. And it worked every time. He knew how to play to his personnel. Corner blitzes? Yeah. When's the last time you've seen a good corner blitz, blitz from this Philadelphia Eagles team? And yeah,
2: then Fran Duffy actually posted a, uh, a old school, sh- you know, clip of Jim Johnson blitzing, and he had you know the A-gap uh, blitz ready, and set to go, and then all of a sudden the linebacker slips back, and you know n- another safety is blitzing off the edge. You know he's creative like that, you know, causing the havoc. At Dick, the end of the day,
0: Dick LeBeau's mo was the zone blitz, and that was a predominantly three-four defense thing. Jim Johnson's creativity in a 4-3 defense is legendary. And that's why it's worth, that's why it's worth noting. i got to tip my cap to the guy because, again, there is no more beloved of a coordinator in Philadelphia Eagles history than Jim Johnson. But quite frankly, nobody's been able to do it the way that Jim Johnson has done, not since. Jim Schwartz, listen, man, you can take a couple notes from Jim. You can take. Get creative with those blitzes. You know we want to see it. You can't rely on the front four. The entire time, you know that we want to see it. Any final thoughts to wrap up this podcast, Gail? Man, I'm just. Can you give me that Super Bowl or bus speech one more time about the Patriots? I mean, you had me inspired. Bro. I mean, pa- Patriots fans so good, expect
2: <laughs> championships. Their front office expe- expects championships. I mean, the Eagle fan- Eagle fans. I mean. You know the, the Negro and then the real ones and the realists all have to come together, and be honest with yourself. You you you've seen this team, you followed this team for a while. You see the depth on this roster, you see the competition brewing between each position group. Mm-hmm. Now it's really just on Carson Wentz's shoulders to conduct, you know, the orchestra. The orchestra. Conduct the orchestra. Oh my God! I'm so he, excited. He, he doesn't oh, even. I have, can't come soon enough. The one question I have is: Does Carson Wentz? have to be MVP-like for this team to win a Super Bowl, or does he just have to be smart and be a game manager?
0: Smart. And primarily it starts with not getting yourself injured. So when Camus intercepts a pass in training camp, don't try to tackle the guy, please. <laughs> don't get injured on some dumb, dumb stuff like that. Yeah. Be smart about it. Listen, Carson Wentz has got to play within himself. He's got to play within the system because he's got offensive weapons Everywhere he turns. All he's got to do, and that's a great way of putting it, is orchestrate the offense. That's it. Before we get on out of here, open practice is coming up quickly. The 4th, right? Mm -hmm. Sunday the 4th. Word to the wise, get there early. There is a Phillies day game happening. If you would like, come double dip with us. I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to go across the street to Citizens Bank Park. Get there early so I can get the parking spot. Mm -hmm. Do a little double dippage. Go see the Phillies. Hopefully win.
2: Are you watching? Probably the, not. Are you watching the Phillies in your Eagles gear? Or are you you're damn Philly? right. Okay.
0: No, 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 no. Real no. one.
2: Real one alert. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> and then uh, we'll probably hop in line to get, uh, to get the good seats two hours early. You don't have to show up two <laughs> hours early, but we are bum-rushing Section 105.
2: I'm telling you, if you're down for getting heat stroke, that's what we're about. Yeah, we're going to be out there early.
0: So if you, it, it, what we try to do annually every year is get Eagles Twitter and everybody involved with the 4th & John podcast, the tailgate crew, to kind of come down one section, take over one section and make it ours. That's going to be Section 105. So if you want to come hang out with the boys, by all means, get there early, get in line, Section 105 will be there. Come watch the only open practice with 4th & John. Also, we have a t-shirt contest, Design Tree. Now, this year, we partnered up with a local Philadelphia company because, of course, we're all about supporting local Philadelphia business like Concha Haka Bakery, all those. Um, Design Tree is having a contest where they're giving away a t-shirt. It ends on Friday. So, by all means, check out their Twitter feed uh, and make sure you get in on that contest. They're giving away some 4th & John t-shirts, some 4th & John uh, swag. And, of course, on the road, 4th & John this year, will be on the road, specifically Atlanta and Buffalo with the Green Legion. So if you would like to come travel with 4th and John, go to the You pre- didn't say Miami. He yeah, didn't say Miami. Dolly. I mean, come on. We got to talk about Miami. Pitbull. That is a post-game discussion, <laughs> a post-show discussion. We got to talk about okay. We got some things to figure out All right. about Miami. But if you, uh, you want to come hang out with 4th and John, uh, partnering up with the Green Legion, make sure you check out their website. Use code John at checkout. They'll put you right in our section, right in a row, and come party with us. So until next time, anybody got anything else?
2: Got any Twitter questions? Oh, Twitter questions. I'm so sorry. This guy.
0: Oh, my God, the Twitter questions. This guy. That's a bad job by (laughs) me, man. That's a rookie mistake. Twitter questions. Evan, you ready to go? go?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, So they want to know uh, Aaron Puga, not our regular Puga, there's
0: another Puga?
1: We got another Puga in Is now. this his
0: son? Is this his Puga illegitimate imposter? son? Is his, his
1: long-lost son? He might not know about him. <laughs> know. Uh, he, wants to, he says that Howie is known for trading players during this time of year. Uh-huh. Who is a, someone you, a position that you could see him trading for, and who do you think he'd be
0: willing to give up? Position would have to be defensive end. You know, I, I, I know that last, uh, last week you said that Josh Sweat was kind of yoked up. Yep. And I know Sharif plus. is is, is kind of coming along, but if he was going to trade for one position, it would be the weakest position on this roster, weakest as far as depth goes, not the starting caliber ones, but the rotation because Jim Schwartz always uses the rotation it would be uh defensive end' I see defensive end,
2: I, I could also see if they uh, they got you know they got Chris long on the text It'll, or you know he, they can always call Chris long back that's still in the chamber
0: and surprisingly, like you mentioned. Or, or, or Puga Part 2.0 asked, you know, what position would you kind of trade away? The Eagles are kind of looking deep at the, at the offensive line, man. Like right now, when you got yeah. Big V playing guard, Brooks is coming back. I got He just straight mm. everybody at training camp on the timeline, all the reports that I see is Dillard is the real deal. Yeah. You know, he looks like wh- what did, uh, what did um, Lane Johnson say today? That he looks like he could start like right now. Yeah.
2: Mm. He reminds him of himself. I mean, he he moves well. I mean, that's yeah. the that's the thing about him. I, I he he moved well at the the combine. Like everyone was, you know, in awe yeah. of his movement skills. So if you're
0: gonna now that Cravon is dealing in the boot, and of course Darby's on pup, Jalen, you know, he's going through his thing. Sydney reports look good. You're either going, you know, I, I'm less inclined to trade a defensive back, a corner, as I as much as I am. Like, look, Houston, you want Big V. Pick up big big V in the first, big V in the first, going once. I mean for you, going twice. Yeah. Hey, big V in the first, going yeah, once. I guess. Going twice. I guess. All right, that's a I yes. I guess. What else you got?
1: Uh, so Birds wants to know, and you just touched on it. But is Brandon Brooks superhuman of some of some sort? Like, does he have dude? Something when else they said he on? was
0: practicing. Yeah. I did that meme of that guy, like the surprise look where he's blinking like that. What, what do you mean Brandon Brooks is practicing? How yeah. is he back already?
2: Well, his, his version of the uh, Achilles injury, like he had one of the best versions of that you can get. Okay. Like it, wasn't, it wasn't as worst. as like some of the other players. Usually, it's for him coming back, it's right around where it was supposed to be.
0: Hmm. So
2: So he's lucky that he injured his Achilles the way he did.
0: Plus, I mean, he, he, he hasn't been shy on social media about showing his rehab.
2: Because his Achilles is not the same as Sidney Jones. Okay. His was worse, way worse.
0: Fair enough. But, but he's been, he hasn't been shy about showing his rehab and showing his progress. He was surprising me, like, back in the spring, like, during yeah. the draft and during free agency. Like, oh, man, he's moving like that already. But to hear that he had pads on and was practicing – That is encouraging. Yeah, man. And and for all the people that were
2: doubted, Brandon Brooks, I mean, this is the kind of guy he is. I mean, he's a a talented dude. He's a hard worker. And
1: I I feel like he's got a shot to play week one. Love it. Go ahead. so, Feathered Kev wants to know, and we're about to take a trip down memory lane right here, Feathered with Kev. Brian Brayman going, which roster hopeful has a shot at becoming the next special team's madman that fans will adore a la Jason Short, Keith Adams, or Reno Mahe? <laughs> 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 he says his choice is Col- Alex Col-
0: Singleton. <laughs> Alex Singleton? Gail, you want to take that one? <laughs> I don't know. Z- I, I think Zendejo, you know, listen, he's going to be a backup safety. He's got, he's going to kind of fill that Chris Maragos role, I think. He's yeah. going to contribute on special teams and be a backup safety. What do you think Paul Turner's up to nowadays? I have no idea. What's the next question? <laughs> um, I think we're good. We're good? Yep. All right, sounds good. Anybody else got anything? Uh, nothing, man. All right. I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got gotcha. you. So until next time, let's do it loud, let's do a proud, let's do it like we always do. E-A-G-L-E-S, Eagles!